Hi, I'm Jonathan Sharp, and this is the University of Tennessee Daily Beacon's Bad Movie Showcase. Each week, me and a guest will subject ourselves to some truly awful movies and attempt to find something redeeming about them. We'll probably fail, but at least we'll have some fun along the way. Without further ado, future me and guest. Howdy, welcome back. This week with me, I have my brother Trey. Ew. Um, Tyler has the flu. And I still don't have any other guests. But that's fine, because we got to watch one of our favorite movies from our childhood that we learned is really bad. We watched Underworld from 2003. The original Underworld. And all of its rip-off Matrix goodness. I really think it defined what I liked later in life, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, no, so I, I think we originally watched it because our dad loves schlocky action movies. Um, and we definitely didn't watch this in 2003. We were way too young for this movie. Uh, but we definitely watched it, uh, I think, I think before we were 10. Because uh, I definitely remember watching it back in Raleigh. Um, so yeah, we would have been about 7 and 9, I think, at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's still a little too young, but I mean, who, what kids haven't watched movies that were way above their age? And this movie isn't horribly bad. I mean, if we're considering American standards, it's not that bad. Uh, other country standards, this is a horrible, violent film. Uh, but of course, Americans don't really care if there's violence in their movies when it comes to children being able to watch them. It's a little weird. Um... But so this movie came out in 2003 and was essentially in the my uh, my favorite dark age of movies uh, where movies were awful uh, and just no exceptions. By that, I think he means they're cut weirdly. They have weird editing techniques. They try to show off CGI as much as possible. And you can definitely see almost every single one of those one of those points in this movie. There's multiple points where you see someone screen on, transform into a werewolf, and they go from a human to, I am a plastic monster. Yeah, the, uh, that entire era, uh, as I mentioned in the Uzumaki episode, um, was defined by easy access to uh, computer editing, which beforehand wasn't as easy to get hit your hands on. But in the early 2000s, everyone had computers that were strong enough to be able to do basic editing. So people shoved in every editing trick possible, sacrificing story, sacrificing character, sacrificing everything because they thought, oh, we can at least make it look good because the Matrix looked good. Because they now had more easily doing editing because digital. So Under Underworld is an enigma. It's, one, it's a very hated popular movie it has a 30 percent on rotten tomatoes um which is really bad but it also has so many sequels it has like direct sequels it has a it has a prequel sequel it's got a sequel to the prequel sequel it, it's got a lot yeah it's a long series with i would say a fairly good actual story overall it's interesting but i wouldn't say it's deep in any way yeah if you combined all of the movies into a single normal length movie it would probably be better 
than each of these individual movies on their own. But then you would have constant seizures from the amount of cuts. Watch. <laughs> they have enough trouble telling the short amount of story in each separate movie just in that hour and a half to two hour period. I can't imagine them shoving all the stories in and getting exactly what they wanted done. Yeah. So this first movie, I would call it uh, Twilight, but edgier. Uh, in a way. I would disagree in some ways. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's really that's not. A, a... That's a bad joke uh, yeah. because there are vampires and werewolves. Yes. Uh, we haven't even given you the basic premise at this point. Yeah. So uh, the the premise of the movie goes thusly. Uh, vampires and werewolves have been at war for a long time. Uh, the leader of the werewolves was killed like 100 years ago or something. Maybe longer. Uh, but the werewolves kept fighting. And uh, they're trying to bring him back. And in order to do that, they need his distant... Um, a- a- not ancestor. What, what's the his... opposite of ancestor? <laughs> his descendant. They, they need one of his descendant who has this bloodline that's pure. I don't think it's specifically to bring him back, even though that's what they do in the later movies. I think it's specifically to make the werewolves more powerful. Yeah, yeah. That was the big thing in this movie. Because they keep doing... They, they show that the werewolves have been stalking all the people in this bloodline. Um, and they've been killing them, and they've been taking their blood. And the scientist guy who is with the werewolves does this titration with every type of blood. And is like, it's not the one. It's not gonna work. What, the titration is him. I think it's the same scene over and over again, except they re-edit the label on it. <laughs> except for the working one. Where they have a thing of water no, no, they, full they, of red food coloring. They don't even test the real one. Because he's like, I tasted it myself. It's right. Oh, yeah. That's what the werewolf <laughs> leader says at this point. But it's like, so they have it and red food coloring. And they put blood in it. Or blood, quote unquote. And then it turns black when it fails. Which is like, if you add blood to a water mixture, it's going to darken significantly. <laughs> yeah. But so, um, the, the werewolves are trying to do this and the vampires are being like the worst type of vampire, which is the really indulgent Victorian era vampires where most of them are just kind of sitting around a mansion, They're... drinking blood out of wine, gra- wine glasses, smoking and dressed in like leather very, and stuff. I believe the word is hedonistic. Maybe. But it's like, not what you think, oh, they're just smoking cigarettes and stuff. No, they're like wearing fancy dresses, ball gloves, and they have those weird cigarette holders. Yeah, they've, they've got the really long filters. Uh, but like... And they all look like the vampires from Twilight. They're just pale, have dark hair and eyebrows. Now, granted, the teeth prosthetics looked okay. And they changed them too, because they're not, for the vampires, they're not always out. Sometimes they're look like normal people but then when they're about to feed or vicious in some way <laughs> they can they like pop control out. their teeth and they can make them go <laughs> i'm just imagining it's it would be kind of funny it's like oh do you hate me not at all vampire <laughs> teeth drops down bum 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 but uh the um so the vampires are all getting happy and stuff And no one believes that our main character, uh, the one really warlike female vampire who is dressed head to toe 
in skin tight black leather. I think it's a mix of leather and well, it, it's and leather and spanks. latex and spandex. It, it's anything that seems like it's fetishized. She's wearing it all at once, and she wears this through the whole movie. And she's like generic action hero. Uh, dodges everything. Uh, at one point, she shoots a hole in the floor by just spinning in a circle with two Uzis uh, and falls through the floor to escape someone. It's it's generic action schlock, and I love it. I would say if you've seen the movie Atomic Blonde, it's like her, except it's 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good description. Because it's dark hair... And it's just Matrix ripoff. Yeah, Let's it's a Matrix ripoff. Yeah, in all ways it is, except she, I think she has even less character development throughout the entire series than Neo did. Yeah, Neo had a lot of character development. The thing is, Only she's, in the first, though. The thing about her character that always bothered me is, so she's really old. She's hundreds of years old from like an old European village that was raised to the ground and one of the vampires was like i'll take pity on this girl she's like 700 years old yeah but she acts like an angsty teenager the whole movie well i don't think she's specifically acting like an angsty teenager i think she's a generation kind of forgotten in almost a way like someone who comes from a warlike era like the people who were in world war ii compared to someone who wasn't sort of thing it's like they weren't used to fighting. They weren't. They were never in the big wars, so they don't exactly comprehend the same things that the younger generations who have had peace do. Well, so the big thing about the vampires is they have three leaders that are really sick of living, but they know they have to. So they essentially take turns sleeping for a thousand years. I don't think they were yes. sick of living. Well, they they just they're tired of existing. But they know they need to, and they can't do it the whole time. Because they require too much blood, and it's too much. I think it's just that they require too much blood, and the fact that they fight with each other. And that if only one's up at a time, it's less likely to have interfights between the leaders. Yeah. But so, the the current leader who's out is the dude who's 110% okay with these partying vampires. And he tries to ignore every single bit about violence happening. He doesn't want anything well to do he's with not fighting. a leader though he's just the leader of the current coven that's keeping them well no 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 he's the next one who's supposed to go to sleep he's the same age as old uh guy who gets woken up but so uh she our main character only trusts one of these uh head vampires uh which is essentially her father kind of but not, not it's really. father figure it's father-like figure which she then figures out was really actually the one who murdered her entire family Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Uh, Her entire character is that she knows something is wrong, but no one believes her, and everyone is trying to force her. The uh, evil um, head vampire, the one who she hates, um, just wants to bang her. Yeah. He's constantly like, I expect you to join me to the ballroom this evening. Uh, I think you used the phrase discount Tommy Wiseau. Yes, yeah. So the the dude who's playing this evil vampire looks like Tommy Wiseau if you took a little bit of crazy out, but you kept the lack of acting skills and understanding of the English language. Because he doesn't act well. 
but he looks like a slightly handsome younger Tommy Wiseau. And in a lot of ways, his acting is very similar to that of a brick. He <laughs> says his lines, but he's just no facial movement whatsoever. And you, even if you're a vampire for a few hundred years, I expect certain things to use to still have, like facial movement. <laughs> facial movement, you know, reactions to things. Things normal people. Like, when he's told these things, he isn't, like, surprised and like, oh, no, no, no. It's, I didn't comprehend what you just said. Yeah, his face barely moves at all whenever he's acting. It's just, it, it's not fun to watch him act. Uh, essentially, the only good actors in the movie are the main lead... Um, because she at least shows some emotion every now and then. And the male lead really isn't that good, but I would say the the father figure is. Yeah, the father figure is really great. Surprisingly, both the people who have British accents are the best actors in this movie. <laughs> yeah, so he's um, he's played by one of the more famous actors in the movie, uh, and essentially he's really good because he he plays anger. Uh, he's just angry the whole movie. He's constantly yelling and shouting and telling people, Oh, you need to do the, me this. Oh, how dare you break the traditions. Oh, oh. And it's just so funny because he pulls it off really well beside, like, in conversation with the Tommy Wiseau guy. Because Tommy Wiseau, I would say, is... Uh, I Tommy, discount Tommy Muzo, I would say is definitely something that lets this movie down quite a bit because he is quite involved through a, a significant portion of the movie. He is not just some character. He is the main antagonist for the first portion. Other, He's the main antagonist that is also an ally of the character. Yeah, essentially, he is the emotional antagonist. While the the werewolves are a physical antagonist to our werewolves? main character, werewolves okay. are the main physical antagonist in that they provide a physical threat to our main character. This guy is emotionally uh, attacking uh, our main character. Now, the big thing about his character is that even though he, like to the other vampires, he isn't very warlike, he purposely leads all the other covens into traps and stuff and is like trying to lose the war that's been going on for so long isn't that while because... also trying to win the war i think it's because the main werewolf guy was like oh yeah we'll help you i'll help you out but you need to help me screw over the rest of your people yeah so over the course of the time he like he sends invites like hey you other coven meet me here and then like they go there and they're all slaughtered by werewolves and everyone's like oh how did they get slaughtered by the werewolves and since there's no basically cell phones this day and age there's no way to track someone saying oh yeah we were told to head out to here so it leads to a bit more drama that really wouldn't happen if they had if it was put in a more modern day time with cell phones and now, there are a couple of funny tech things that they do in this movie. Um, my favorite of which is the UV bullet. Which they somehow encapsulate UV in a bullet that doesn't break up when entering the flesh of a vampire. And it burns them from the inside. It kind of looks like 
You got a normal bullet, but instead of the normal lead shelly, the lead bullet you have it's in it. It's just acrylic. No, it's basically plastic with a glow stick. The fluid from a glow stick inside it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just, it's a see-through acrylic, and inside the chamber of the bullet that we can't see through, they've got a little, like, glowy light. That's all, I think it's a black light in order to get the look. But it just, it looks bad. It's a stupid idea. Makes no sense with the way bullets work. Um, it's not as crazy as some of the stuff that goes on in Blade, but uh, we decided when choosing which of the movies to watch, we went for the one that people hated more. Which was apparently Underworld. It was apparently Underworld. Oh boy. Uh, so... Uh, the dude who is the, uh, like, descendant of main werewolf guy gets attacked and bitten by a werewolf. Um, and he saves vampire girl, and then she, in an attempt to save him, bites him, and then he becomes both werewolf and vampire, and because it's really disgusting. Bloodline? I would say it's like trying to... They just took the fur off of the werewolf, and he's just a fleshy, dark skin tone werewolf. That's very animalistic in nature in a lot of cases. Because he's from the three major bloodlines, which was the human bloodline, which was some... But they all have the last name Corvin, I think, in modern day, but really Corvinus or something. Yeah, Corvinus, I think. Um, yeah, there's like... Uh, we, we learned in the prequel sequel, uh, which takes place back at the birth of Werewolf, uh, where werewolves came to be, um, we see that werewolves came into being because a pair of brothers, uh, one of them tortured the other, and the one who got tortured became a werewolf uh, while being imprisoned uh, and caused an uprising. Uh, and then... His wife, who was a vampire, got killed so for marrying him. And are referring it was to them as werewolves, but they're but you're talking about the birth of the lichens. Well, birth of the lichens, which they've had werewolves in the st- in the thing. The thing is, the werewolves turn it at the moon. They are dependent on the moon, but lichens can do change whenever they want to, and I think that's the major difference between the two. Yeah, in, in this movie's logic, at least. So essentially. Someone who's bitten turns into a werewolf, but after long enough and with enough training, they can be lichens um, with the diluted bloodlines. But the people who are the straight bloodlines are straight up lichens and can control their transformations. And I think there's one of them in this movie, and he's... I don't know how to describe him. All I know is he has long hair and a lot of forehead. He looks like the new uh, Aquaman. No, he looks nothing like the new Aquaman. He's no, short, no, not new pale. Aquaman. Hold on, I'm I'm thinking of a character in another movie who wears a coat, um, who's really dirty all the time. Oh, I can't think of what he's from. Uh, shoot, I'll 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 think about it later. Uh, but so over the course of this movie. Every single fight scene is um, is essentially like a scene from The Matrix, except they edit it more. Like, 
in every fight, I would say there's a minimum of three cuts, and that's there's, the there's lowest a minimum, minimum of three cuts per punch. On some scenes. No, I'm saying during the fights, like, there's the very short fights, which have three cuts, but then there's the long fights, which probably take a few minutes. Like, it's, I don't know how many cuts. Like, they, you well, couldn't count them. Essentially, they cut during fights in order to, like... It's what they do a lot of times nowadays when they don't want to hire people who are really good with fight choreography, is they do the fight... Um, but in order to add emphasis to attacks and to make things seem more frantic, they cut in the middle of stuff. Um, and it's okay to create an illusion of action, but if you see enough of it, you see that it's not actually that interesting to look at. Uh, and it's just, it's not good. But they still use it nowadays, and modern action movies when they have the technology to just show us real fights but there are some movies that do uh choreography real well yeah like like, like jackie chan movies that's yeah, good but, fight choreography but that's because they've got man jackie chan but uh in actuality i think another reason blade is better is because the main actor which i can't remember his name at this point <laughs> but he's a hilarious... I think he got in trouble for taxes at some point. Yeah, but he did a lot of the fighting himself. Like, he knows some martial arts, or he learned some martial arts through the shoot, and the fight choreography looks better due to that. There isn't as many cuts. It's a lot smoother. Best example of this would be um, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves actually learns martial arts for the movies he's doing. He knows how to fight... And traditional samurai for when he did that samurai movie. He knows he knows um, many different fighting styles. You can see it in John Wick. Because uh, he actually does the fighting in John Wick. Um, and he's really good in that. Uh, but in this movie you can tell she did not uh, commit to the role. Despite her being in three of the four movies. Yeah, so as a character, uh, we already talked about her, didn't we? So if we're continuing to talk about this movie, it's a lot of it takes place underground in very underrated places as well. But that's, I'm assuming, due to the fact that they're vampires. And really their only real weakness is UV in this, in this form of their fiction. Yeah, no, so, so the big thing is this movie's dark. And not, like, subject matter. Subject matter, this may as well be a walk in the field. Because the worst violence we see is a dude uh, tearing silver shurikens out of his own skin. Or people getting shot. Or people getting shot. But it's not that bad. It's, it's oh, no. tame comparatively no. to a lot of you stuff. You forget the final scene. I remember the final scene. It's a tame movie, comparatively. Compared to a lot of movies nowadays, yes, it would be tame... But it definitely wouldn't get the same rating it did because I feel like it's teen when it really would be nowadays R. No, it's it's PG thirteen. It could be R. Yes, it would be R. I I'm, think. I'm just saying it's not that bad. Um, but over the course of the movie, um, they build up this love interest, and the the birth of the love interest comes. From a dude saying, you love him, don't you? 
to which she replies, what? No, why would I love him? And then at the end of the movie, she just is 100% all over uh, this dude who is now I really think it started more earlier in the movie, though. Well, I mean, she saves him and all that, but she obviously no. did not have feelings for him. But you saw in the very beginning of the movie when they're on the subway portion that they were looking at each other for an extended period of time. Well, that's because she had a feeling that something was up. Let's be honest. She had a feeling something was up. That was, but they it were was looking not at each other supposed to be romantically. Um, there was no romance in that scene. And it was not romantic until that dude brought it up. And then it became weird and romantic after that. Uh, everything about this movie is just boring to watch now. I mean, maybe it's just because I've watched it so much. Um, I mean, it can be fun. It, it can be great, stupid fun. But overall, it's just boring. And I don't know how this got sequels is the biggest issue. Because this movie, which is well known to be awful, it's well agreed upon to be just horrible schlock. But it has three high fidelity sequels that had higher budgets and everything. And I don't understand how that happened when great movies that I've seen and exceed it in quality just by multiple times and they don't get sequels. But I think the issue is they, it's hard to, if you don't have the plan for a universe or that's what we call it nowadays, a plan for multiple movies, it's a lot harder to get it done. But if you go up to a thing, you go up to a studio and say, I want to do this. And your first one sells really good in theaters. They're going to keep on giving you money, even more money, because they think you can sell well. Yeah. Well, and this is kind of a hint towards what my next month uh, of movies I'm going to be reviewing is. Uh, because I originally had the plan of doing box office failure February, uh, but I forgot. So it's now box office failure March. Uh, don't question it. Uh, where I'll be going over a bunch of movies that despite their quality, just failed critically um, and are never going to get sequels, never going to get remade because they were just shot by the box office. A good example of that? Do you want to toss one out no, there? No, no, I'm not going to toss one out there. I don't want to spoil what next movie I'm going to watch. I know which movie I'm going to do first. But this is not one of them. This is the exact opposite. This is where the box office allows movies that shouldn't get sequels to continue on. This movie, beyond what anyone thinks, should not have had sequels. Even though the sequels are good. It gets its better movies. The I know I complained a lot about there being like the sequel prequel, but that's probably the best. <laughs> so, uh, was there a sequel prequel? I thought it went... It went no, it's, sequel, I'm just I'm just prequel. laughing about the prequel. I'm just calling oh. it a sequel prequel because they sold it as a sequel despite it being a prequel. Yeah, but it gives you a lot more to the story of the first. So the actual order of them, I would probably say, would be like it would go third, first, second, fourth, something like that. Uh, whatever it is, the one that takes place in the past is the best because their prop department is good at medieval stuff, but their prop department is not good at modern. 
everything in that it's past cause... medieval castle looked really good, and everything that we see in this movie and in the other sequels are bad. But the thing is, it's a lot easier to go dark and desolate in a castle sort of setting because what colors are going to be in a castle compared to a big city where you expect neon lights, you expect a ton of things to be actually there, but they're not. But you don't. No city has neon lights like people think of except for the like four big cities. And if you're in a city that's not an American big city, it's not going to happen. Yeah, as long as it's not if it's not Japan, if it's not one of the great big cities of America, I say great. They're not. Uh, (laughs) No, no, no insult to people who live in the big cities. I'm not a city guy. Um, But this movie obviously doesn't take place in a really big city, and I think it takes place in England. Possibly, maybe not, because no one actually speaks British, and they drive on the right side of the road, so it's. Probably in just a smaller, so many different accents. It's hard to tell is the issue because both the people working in the hospital speak like an American in a lot of ways, but the main character, the main uh, female protagonist, speaks British. Her her father figure has a British accent. A lot of the other vampires have Wait, generic that, That's not the confusing part. How how is that the confusing? The part accents and the places. You normally use accents in the how it vampires works. came from Europe yeah. to America. They're all old enough that America wasn't a thing. That is that's very true. the that's the whole idea of why none of them speak like an American. Uh, is because they're from before America. Yeah, but when they have different British, so they wouldn't blend in anywhere then. Well, yeah, they all have different British, but that's because I mean you can't expect an entire coven to have been created at once. I mean, he raised her village to get well, her. Not raised. It was a single house, and she killed because it was in a period of time where there were just what, bunches of what, houses. Whatever. This movie's bad, but watch it once. It's good enough for a single viewing. Not good enough for anything else. I, I would give this like a ne- ne- negative five, negative six out of ten. Um. I mean, it's certainly not bad level, bad quality, but by today's standards, it's bad. Its villains are horrible, especially having seen great villains like Thanos, who is an amazing villain. Uh, Seeing villains that are just villainous to be villainous without their own um, reasonable ideals is just awful. Okay. What would you give it? I don't know your rating system. Explain your rating system. So my rating system is 5 to negative 5. So it's just arbitrarily different from his. I would give it probably around the same you did. I'd give mine a negative 3. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on uh, in this last minute need for a guest. Um, I know this sounds weird, but I hope I don't have to have you on again because I hope I get guests. Yeah, I, I get that. I, but by the way, he might not have mentioned it earlier. I tend to be in the background. I'm sort of the intern sort of thing. If they're missing something to look up, which we don't have this time, like when we were talking about uh, Muslim priests and such. I, I Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, he, he helped us look up stuff like that. He confirmed dates about things in past 
uh, episodes, episodes and uh, he wrote jokes and made us start almost laughing all the yeah. time uh, <laughs> but but yeah uh, look out for next month uh, even though it's not going to be next month from when this comes out it's next month from when I'm recording this whatever read my articles in March uh, for a bunch of box office failures that aren't that bad uh, as always thank you guys for listening see you next time boy